So guys, I, uh, I had a really interesting experience. Um, as, uh, as I've told you guys before, we have a kitten now. And uh, what she likes to do is she likes to run into the bedroom and destroy whatever she can get her claws on, right? Uh, that sounds when, like standard kitten behavior. Yeah, absolutely. And when I go into the room to stop her, she goes and hides under the bed. And there's there's quite a few things under the bed, like stuff for storage, that kind of thing. So there's lots of kinds of nooks and crannies and things for her to hide in, right? Um, and I've taken to uh, basically reenacting a, a concluding scene in Return of the Jedi to make her come out. Right. So I go in and I'm like, you cannot hide forever, Khajiit. <laughs> and I, I do like the whole scene. And I'm like, uh, give yourself to the catnip. And I have like catnip in my hand or whatever to try and make her come out or whatever. It is the only way. And basically, when I got to the point of saying, if you will not turn to the dark side, then perhaps catnip will. And she has it down that she jumps out and attacks me. At that point, <laughs> how great is that? That's amazing. That that is pretty amazing. So it's a little thing we've got going. So I just had to do that before I uh, I came and recorded today. And welcome to Dangerously Unprepared. I'm Simon, and joining me once again are Jack. Yellow. Irish. Hello. And Rob. Namaste, bitches. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I've only I mean, done that once before, and uh, it worked last time, so... <laughs> you know what? Points for originality, I'll give you that. Well, sort of, like I said, once before, so uh, it's... It, it, I'm flogging a dead horse now, but... Not on, not on this show, it isn't. <laughs> and this is the only show in town. I guess the other... The other the, the other working title for this podcast was Flogging a Dead Horse, as I recall. And that did come up, yeah. That was definitely a possibility. <laughs> but yeah. I, do, I do already need that title to go alongside my really weird kink podcast, so, you know. Yeah. Well, that that's just cruel. Not really, it's already dead. It's um, uh, let's not let's not go down I'm, this road. Yeah, that's a really weird ethical route we could have. I was I was about to sort of engage like I usually would, and I thought, no, I'm not going. So, <laughs> uh, last time we talked about the movies of 2017. What say we talk about games coming out in 2017 this time? There are Boo! many. I, I reckon there's going to be a few. Yeah, there is. I counted at least. I count at least three, and there's going to be definitely more than that. Yeah. Well, do we want to talk about anything that came out in January? Because it's already February, so think, we've I, missed out on a month. I think we should do, because we can talk over what 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 came out, whether they were yeah. good or not. I would well, like, I'm looking at the yeah. list, and there's nothing there I particularly want to talk about, but yeah, go ahead. Resident Evil Biohazard. Go on. No, I, I, you know, um, I can't comment. I still haven't got it. <laughs> um, I've been hearing some very, very good things in terms of, you know, Resi going back. Well, not even going back to its roots, because like its roots were never this fucking scary, apparently. 
Yeah, I've watched an awful lot of videos on it. I've and uh I've magically managed to to avoid any and all let's plays of uh, Biohazard at the moment, which is incredible considering every single person that owns a YouTube account has done a let's play of Biohazard, even if they're not aware of doing it. Yeah. Like, listeners, if you own a YouTube channel, go to your YouTube channel right now, because you will find that in your sleep you have recorded and uploaded a let's play of Resident Evil 7. I, I appear not to have. I just checked and I have, so that is worrying. Yeah, uh, you definitely have, yeah. Yeah, wow. Um, yeah, so it looks it looks very very cool in terms of you know going back to the, it 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 delivered what it it promised to do, which was going back to horror roots. Um, and I just but I I didn't even know the plot of it until until it came out and was looking going okay so first person highly immersive horror experience where they're all about ramping up the tension rather than the the gunfire and explosions and and super soldiers, and it's set on a secluded former plantation in Louisiana. This is the one that you yeah. showed me the demo of, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that was really, in fairness, that was really good. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, so I'm like, all right, props to you guys. You've you've made something scary. Since we may never get another Silent Hill game, this is, you know, it's it's all I'm going to get now. Is it is it Silent Hill completely off the cards now, then, with what happened? <clears throat> I It's so, it's so hard to tell. I mean, basically everyone's now bitching at Konami for being very weird, but then they always have been. Yeah. But seemingly seem to be holding up Hideo Kojima as some kind of saint, despite the fact that the man is a fucking hack. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm very opinionated on this. We, I think, uh, yeah, I think we know, yeah. Um, so yeah, we who knows what's going to go one way or t'other, because I know he was involved in the Silent Hills project along with um, Guillermo del Toro. So, yeah. I mean, now he's off on his own, he might do his own thing, but I guess Konami still own the rights to Silent Hill, so who knows? Mm. Well, you know, the guys who were working on Silent Hills are now pretty much all working on Death Standing. You know? Oh, is that okay. what it's called now? The, yeah, uh... the one with uh, Norman Reedus and oh, yeah, that... yeah the, the, sort of what that what that project became basically. Okay, so, the, the... Since, since the initial like teaser trailer of him and a baby, the, the and, yeah, the Mobacula. The Marbacula drop to, to Silent Hills' portal. Mm. They've now right. um, released some more, like a, a proper trailer and stuff for the game now. Or a more cinematic trailer. So it's it's more weird, because we have... Too. We've kind of been following the progress of that project, like, whether we wanted to or not, through World War yeah. Stage 1 and now yeah. Interstitials are Unprepared. We've always, like, been mentioning it, because I remember we were talking about it, because didn't... Um, Weren't Team Seventeen involved with it at one point? Are Team Seventeen still a thing? Yeah, like I swear to God, like uh, randomly, like what was going to be Silent Hills, that it dropped, and then Team Seventeen threw money at it, and everyone was like, "Wow, Team Seventeen still exists," and I wanted to make other things other than Worms games. I swear that's the thing we definitely spoke about on the podcast. That would be. Weird. I, I do remember talking about it. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, huh. it's interesting. So, Jack, are you going to get it then? What uh, Biohazard? Yeah, I will do. Yes, and I will report back. Um, it looks interesting. I'm just yeah. It, it, at the moment, it's like, ooh, can I can I justify spending you know release date money on yeah. on a game? Um, at least when you know Last Guardian came out, like three days after it was released, they like halved the price on it. Yeah. 
Was that because of all the reviews? Did it not do particularly well? It yeah, I, you know what? I, but yeah, it's it's not it's not done great, but I mean it's not done terribly. But unfortunately, it's it's a follow up game from the the team that brought us Ico and Shadow of the Colossus. So anything other than it is a perfect game is going to be a disappointment. Yeah, that's true. And it's apparently um, by far a perfect game. Yeah. Um, I also want to say, like, in terms of games that came out recently, mm. I, I, I really got my anger on for Squeenix at the moment. Oh, yeah, go on. Okay. So, you know how Squeenix have this, this fun thing with their numbers system where they just keep going? Right. So last year saw last year saw the release of Final Fantasy fifteen. This is Kingdom Hearts. It 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 will it will be to do with Kingdom Hearts, but before I get to Kingdom Hearts, right. I'd like to point out that last year saw the release of Final Fantasy fifteen. Yeah. This year we'll see the release of a Final Fantasy fourteen expansion. Yeah. And a Final Fantasy twelve reboot. So yeah. we've had fifteen last year and fourteen and twelve this year. Right. My goodness. I'm getting so angry at Squeenix. Also, last month saw the release of Kingdom Hearts 2.8. <laughs> I realize I realize that's not going to mean shit to the fucking con- the, the 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 PC gamers in the room. But my god, am I angry at a console game being 2.8? They could they could probably just do 3 now, right? 3 is on the way. Yeah, except oh. when it comes out it'll be called 2.999999. <laughs> <laughs> Squeenix are interesting though like did you see and um forgive me if this isn't coming out this year or if it is coming out later this year then we'll talk about it then but did you guys see that trailer for the avengers project that Squeenix? yes yes no right so uh, Squeenix. only all of 30 seconds yeah no one no one really knows. I don't, at least I don't think so. No one really knows what it is. But essentially, essentially, yeah, it looks to it looks to be like Squeenix were involved in um uh oh, what's it called the Deus Ex latest games, aren't they? Yes, uh, yes. publishers. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It looks to be the same sort of deal there in the like just the way that the trailer looks for it. Well, no, it's just it's, a teaser trailer. It's the guys who made the new Tomb Raider. It's Crystal Dynamics. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, who are owned by Squeenix. It, it basically it's uh, the various sort of parts of the Avengers. So you see like Iron Man's armored hand like on the ground. You see uh, the shield in rubble and all that sort of stuff. The busted ass door and a Hulk roar. Yeah, and it's yeah, like you just hammer. you hear and someone talking some generic old shite about you know stepping up and heroes and this is the age of heroes, etc., etc., etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you get Avengers reassemble. So that's literally all we know so far. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, people have been saying that it's um, basically whoever's in charge of Marvel property on the video games front are trying to um, trying to like start anew, as it were. I mean, uh, Warner Brothers mm. doesn't have a lot of things going for it, but at least they can say, you know, their Batman games are successful, and they've got Injustice, which I'm sure we'll talk about later at some point. But um, you know, they they are. They have a stronger foothold, I'd say, in terms of video, the videos market at the moment. Um, and I think this might be, along with the Spider-Man game that's coming out as well later this year, I think for PlayStation, I think this is their attempt to sort of write their direction, as it were, in terms of their video game stuff. So it should yeah. be interesting. It should be interesting. Okay, so next <laughs> game people want to talk about. What's well, up next? Well, Jack, we can't we can't leave January without talking about one of you know the best arcade games to come out in the last so many years. 
Oh but yes. I, I had heard that this was actually quite bad. <laughs> like, except in cases where people love nostalgia. And I fucking love nostalgia. Yeah. And Power Rangers. Power Rangers. Yeah. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Mega Battle. Because you mentioned this last episode, but we didn't get to go into it. So why is why is it good? Why is it bad? So have you seen anything about this, Rob? So it's like a classic uh, side scroller, isn't it? Yeah, it's like like your Castle Crashers or your Golden Axes. It's a side scrolly beat 'em up um, arcade game. Right. Yeah. But each sort of mission and boss is based off of the episodes of the original Power Rangers TV series. Yeah, which is amazing. That's awesome, right? Which is right. That's a brilliant idea. And but apparently, it's it's not a great game. But I was like, well, it doesn't need to be a great game. It is essentially a twelve pound nostalgia packet. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, that's oh, interesting. Shit. I just want to. Double Dragon Four came out. Yeah, like I just want to like keep that as a sound file. Me saying, "Oh, it doesn't need to be good. It just needs to be a nostalgia packet." When I start mouthing off about fucking Star Wars again. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and that's about the same price as you spend on a cinema, cinema ticket these days, isn't it? About twelve quid. So. I, I don't think you get a cinema ticket anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um, anything else for January? Because the thing is, I'm a, a bit of a dilemma because I have been playing a new game. Uh, in January, but uh, it is actually an open beta and it's released in February. Do you mind me talking about it now? Go for it. So nothing, I nothing. had the... Go on. Go on. I was just going to say, no... looking at what's came out in January, nothing else I've played. Oh, okay. Or, or that you're interested in? Uh, there's some stuff I'm interested in, but not enough. I'll be talk... honest, as soon as we start talking about months that haven't happened yet, none of us will have played them. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> Well, except, you know, the time traveller in the group. Hello. I was hoping someone would step up for that. Thank you, Robert. Well, Rob is the one who is currently playing a game that isn't out until February, so yeah. That is, that is true. true. Yeah. yeah, so um, I, uh, I had the good pleasure of being involved in the closed beta of a game called For Honor. I will and... just say, if it's a closed beta, are you allowed to talk about it? Because, you know, closed betas normally have quite restrictive NDAs. Um... It'll be fine. <laughs> it, it, I mean, what are they going to do? The game's already coming out. Well, put it this way. I was allowed to, like, um, basically make captures of the, the footage and stuff, so... Yeah, that, I think it's Were you allowed true. to, or were you able to? <laughs> <laughs> let's just... Let's just... Let's just talk about it. I'm, if, okay. If, if, you know, any, any flack comes our way, I'll be the one to jump in front of it. Don't worry. Oh, you will be, because you're the one who did it. That's cool. fine. Let's go. Okay, so... <laughs> First of all, just to explain what For Honor is, for those that don't know, it is the silliest, ridic most ridiculous game that I've played in some time because of its setting and because of its world. Essentially, there is three uh, warring factions in a essentially a war of attrition with resources um, basically dropping to a minimum, people fighting over simple things like water and things like that, like running water, uh, like streams and stuff. So on one side, you have medieval knights. On the other, you have samurai. And on the third side, you have vikings. And essentially, at the very beginning of the game, and when I was registering to be part of this closed beta, you were asked which side do you want to fight for? You know, which faction will be yours? Uh, I'm a big fan of medieval history myself, so I chose to be a, a, a knight. And the idea is, is that it's essentially a sword play game. Um, you were essentially 
have a number of modes that you get to play. You can either do duels or you can do massive battles with loads and loads and loads of bots, but, um, you know, um, other players online as well. And I, I gotta say, I really enjoyed it. Like I, I really enjoy um, games that, you know, are taking time to consider their combat systems. And this one is great. It's really simple. You essentially have your lock-on system with your trigger button, like you usually do, right? But with this, you are able with your right stick to decide which way you're going to block, which way you're going to attack, and and so on. And you can do feints, you can do parries, you can do guard breaks and things like that. And it's an absolutely incredible experience. It is so fun, like just wading through lines and lines of enemy soldiers and spotting someone that kills you on the previous round and fighting your way over to them to then engage in a duel with them in the middle of a battlefield. Like, it is it is a really, really fun experience. Um, I wouldn't say, like... It's it's a it was quite frustrating to begin with to get the, to grips of the controls, but once you get it, once you're sort of in that mindset, because I've never played anything like that before, it's fantastic. Um, and there is just uh, uh, this episode might not be out in time, but at the end of this week, there is the open beta that's being launched, uh, free for anyone to go and join in. I would urge anyone to do so because. It is so much fun. And all of the different factions have, you know, different benefits. Like the samurai get like the quick draw and stuff. Vikings can go berserk. Knights can parry and like are the most, you know, are, are, are more defensive in a way. Um, it's really good, silly, stupid fun. And it's being released on the 18th of February, I think, um, just worldwide. But it's fantastic. Uh, it's really good fun. And I really recommend it. Cool. There you go. And if you're interested on my Xbox Live thing, there are a few uh, DVRs for some of the ridiculous fights that I found myself getting into, which were which were good fun, like kicking people off castles and shit. I do love kicking people off of things. Yeah, it's great fun. This is Sparta style, you know. Uh, also in February, we have uh, Neo coming out, which is the Soul-style Masocore game that you were yes, telling us about massive. last week, Irish. Yes, yes. Yeah. I, actually I actually received it on today's delivery. Um, oh, I just got it! What? Got what? Massacre. Massocore. Massacre. Yeah, hardcore. So, yeah. Massacre. Masochist, masochist, massacre, hardcore, all yeah. munched into one on word. so many levels. Every it also edgy fails angle. on so many levels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that style of game. Very much so. You say, Irish, that it isn't actually from software that did it, though, is it? It's, no, um, no, it's... Um... Someone else. Someone else. <laughs> it was it was Sony. Okay. Ninja. It does, though... I, I've seen a bit of gameplay for it, actually. It does actually look quite interesting. It is very, very reminiscent of, of, of Dark Souls in the combat, at least. I don't know if uh, the same can be said of its, uh, its very, difficulty and stuff. But... Very heavily inspired by looks to be doesn't it um i may check it out at the moment i'm still trying to get through dark souls 3 so you know yeah um i mean yeah february for me only there's only really two games that are jumping out of me for february uh one being sniper elite 4 oh uh, 
Anyone else a fan of the Sniper Elite games? I actually I do really enjoy them, yeah. They're good fun. Yeah. Like, the certain sadistic glee of shooting Nazis in, in hyper-realistic sniper thing of having to sort of account for, uh, you know, drop-off and the wind and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Really, really fun. Really, really challenging. And it, it it's going to make... It's gonna make me sound like an absolute target for, for for the fucking Daily Mail here, but my god, is it just satisfying to get those slow mo shots? Oh my goodness, <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. Those slow mo shots are incredible, and you get the um, you get sort of like an X ray cutaway, don't you? And you watch as the bullet yeah. pl- and you see what vital organs you're rupturing and stuff. You get your whole yeah, you get your whole Romeo is dead sort of. Uh, x-ray and all that yeah. and you get those moments where you 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 enemy at the gate someone you shoot down a sniper's scope yes there's yeah. nothing quite oh and, and then you can't go back to the game because you're standing in your living room with your arms up in the air wandering around going i am the champion <laughs> i don't know i think there's nothing quite like a testicle shot in that game oh, oh yes. yeah yeah yes just running ar- running around north africa just shooting off every nazi testicle you can find do you know what I like about it the most, though, other, other than that, which is obviously gleeful, and we obviously are now reminiscing on how we've mutilated these poor, sorry, Nazis. <laughs> Actually, they're Nazis, fuck them. Uh, but yeah. um, what I really like, it's almost like a um, uh, an antidote to like other first-person shooters out there. Like In other first-person shooters, like a Call of Duty like single-player campaign, you can just run in. Like you can like just shoot people down like uh, all around you and stuff, and generally get by unscathed. And if you do get like hit, then your health will just come back or whatever. With this, it is actually you're actually rewarded for taking your time, being clever, being patient, not charging in through the front gates as it were. Like, well, being a sniper, um, <laughs> which I like. It's uh, it's 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 challenging on it in a different level, and I I do enjoy that about those games. Yeah. Um, and then later on in the uh, in the same month, we also have something I I I'd remembered seeing a while ago, but in the downtime have forgotten, which is Torment: Tides of Numenera. Um, did anyone ever play the old um, what's it called the the old sort of top down uh, Dungeons and Dragons RPGs? So like your Baldur's Gates and your Icewind Dale. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Is so this, do you remember? Do you... Is this anything to do with the the role playing game Numenera, the tabletop game? Well, this, basically, yeah. Uh, do you remember, did anyone play Planescape Torment? Yes. No. So this is the spiritual successor to Planescape Torment, which was in that same style of... Uh, it was isometric, wasn't it? That's the uh, I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it is set in the world of Numenera, written by Monty Cook, which is, I believe, the last game, the last RPG that um, we uh, played with uh, Matt before he moved down to Bristol. Yeah, um, that's a really... We should say... We should talk about that when we do uh, a tabletop, because um, we, we have been asked by our yeah. subject suggestions to do one. That's a really good game to talk about. Mm. Yeah, that was um, Monty's Kickstarter game, wasn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, and it's it's also interesting to see that they basically said, "So, can you, what can you tell us about Tides of Numenera?" And he's basically said, "Well, combat and item accumulation that is going to be very, very secondary to interacting with the world and having the story told." So I'm like, "Yep." That's an RPG for me. Sold. That sounds great. Wasn't <clears throat> Numenera the one that had a three-word character creation? Uh, yes, it's I am a... You basically have a, th- a character creation. It sort of looks like a mad I'm lip. an adjective noun who verbs. Yes, that's the one. Yes, that's correct. Um, yes. So uh, what was mine? I am a... I'm a skillful jack who... 
I can't remember what the third one was. But essentially, I was a sky pirate. Yeah. That's right. I basically made Batman in mine. Yeah. <laughs> I can't say I'm entirely surprised to hear that. <laughs> it was so really it, it's, a, it's a really, really fun, good game. I mean, there's, there is a bit more a bit more to it than just the sort of um, the, the three-word character creation, but essentially that is what gives you all of your power stats and everything is just those three those three words you pick out or three uh blocks you pick out because obviously the, the last one is not necessarily one word the um uh, the actual settings itself is really interesting because it's the concept if i remember correctly that the uh the world has ended like a, a different like quite a lot of times like and there's like mm. different generations that you can play in um with yeah, all different it's like every, kinds of every technologies that have like resurfaced and stuff. Yeah, it's like every hundred thousand years or something like that that the world seems to come under some kind of weird event, and people go into hiding, or most of humanity dies off, and then they come back and redo the whole thing. And so we're currently in the ninth world, so it's like the, it's the year nine hundred thousand something. And it's cool because it's like it's kind of got like the spirit of a almost like a fantasy game, but all the artifacts that you hunt down are actually just really high-tech, you know, sort of designs yeah, you know, and uh, gadgets and yeah, stuff from it, a previous it's civilization. Like how society very much seems to be uh, in a survival subsistence state that's stuck in the 50s in Fallout, but yes. with yeah. far-future technology, except instead of 50s, say, medieval, and instead of lasers, say, nanotech, Yes. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, there is there is nano there is nanotechnology in everything, in every person, in all the food, in in the air itself. There is nanotech in everything, which is how the magic system works. Yeah. And so like, magicians are essentially hacking the nanotech in their surrounding area. Huh. And there's these um ancient like I won't go into it too much, but like there's these ancient like basically world destroying engines of death that have um like appeared and disappeared throughout different uh, points in history um, that were basically sort of designed to be world-ending machines. And they, yeah, it's, it's really, really cool in-depth stuff. And uh, it's really enjoyable if you like either sci-fi or fantasy, really, I think. It's a really, really good way of doing both. It's it's the whole uh, Clark's law of, you know, the any sufficiently advanced technology and all that. It's a really, really good way to turn that into a game mechanic. Yeah, I think I'm going to check that one out. Yeah, absolutely. And also, it's you know, uh, who is it? Who is it making? Was it? It wasn't cyanide. Um, in exile. In exile. That was it. Because I know I've got a couple of things to talk about with with um, cyanide later. Um, yeah, in exile, who uh, recently did Wasteland Two, which was another isometric Unity engine RPG uh, that's well worth checking out. It's yeah, I still haven't played that yet. The sequel to Wasteland, which is the game that inspired Fallout. Ah yes, a lot of the yeah. stuff did carry over, like the giant robotic scorpion. Or there, I've just put into the uh, the chat there, Simon, the, uh, the the concept art for the female protagonist. I think you might appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, I can dig yep. that. It's a top <laughs> game, top game. Uh, but, but again, we will talk more about it in uh, what's it called uh, our retrospective on on RPGs. Yeah, because that's coming. Yeah, there, listeners, we have asked for it, and we will do it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I did think there were going to be a shitload of games coming out in March, and then and I realized there are. There are the big, the big block of it at the beginning though is the fucking Switch coming out. 
Yes. Yeah, we should probably address that. <laughs> well, I've got a couple of games from February that I didn't know were coming out. Oh, shit. Sorry, sorry. Go. Just being the... Uh, the <laughs> blatantly the weeaboo in the room. <laughs> we don't use that word anymore. <laughs> no, we say weeb. The weeb. Okay, the weeb. weeb. Um, the uh, Berserk Band of the Hawk oh, game is yes. out next month, this month. Which, you uh, know what? I haven't played a Berserk game since the old one on the Dreamcast. Sword of the Berserk. Well, this I didn't is, know this there is, were any Berserk games. This is Dynasty Warriors style Berserk game. Oh, that's perfect. Oh, sweet Jesus. That's perfect. Yeah. So that's on the PS4 and the Vita. Oh, Windows. That's cool. uh, I'm just like, ah, huh. I didn't realize that was out yeah. so quickly. Uh, yes, please. The thing is, I always used to surprise. love this. I always used to love the Dynasty Warriors games, um, and then I, I love when they collaborate with other people. So, for example, when they did Gundam Dynasty Warriors, it's like, all right, we love this this wide ranging, thousands of people on the screen at any one time, explosive combat game. But wouldn't it be better if everyone was hundred foot tall mechs? Yeah, I love that concept. That's why I love the Fist and Northstar game. Yes, exactly, exactly the same thing. Like, but what yeah. if everyone was post-apocalyptic kung fu fighters? And they've taken and the same guys that went on and made a One Piece game in that style. So, what if everyone? But what was... if everyone was rubber pirates? Yeah, or pirates with special abilities. Yeah. And now we have. What if everyone were medieval knights fighting demons? Yeah. Just occasionally you'll be rolling around and suddenly, oh, there's Nosferatu Zod. There is a giant Minotaur Batman monster. <laughs> and, you know, I, I use a sword that is as big as I am and people think it's a lump of iron when they first see it. Yeah, the thing is, like, whenever I see Gatsu, I'm just like, you know what? That was that, this, this is designed so that, like, 13-year-old me would just go, that is so cool! Because, <laughs> you know big badass with one eye wearing a suit of massive armor carrying a seven foot long 400 pound sword but he's got a cannon for an arm and a repeating crossbow strapped to his wrist and then he's a total badass and i'm like oh that is so cool and then i look at it nowadays and i'm like no that is still so fucking cool <laughs> and it is, is there's nothing right there, that dude. yeah yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah i know who you talk about there is anyway. nothing there is nothing not cool about berserk does he have a cannon on his arm yeah. Yeah, his his he, like in in the series in the anime he like it's all the the prologue stuff. So he does it. He's just a, like I say, normal dude. He's a badass warrior. Um, spoilers going ahead for anyone who hasn't seen Berserk yet. For like years, uh, years of material. Admittedly, it's it's literally in, it's in the first episode as well. But like it's one of those things where you will forget it by the time you get round to the end. Um, in the opening episode, he has a cannon for an arm, and it's set a couple of years later. Uh, by the end of the series, he does lose that arm. Yeah. Specifically, he gets his like wrist bitten into by a big ass monster whilst he's in a rush to save someone. So he just tries to stab the monster in the face with his sword. His sword breaks off, so he hacks his own arm off with the 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 blunted sword. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> Gut yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Um, Hardcore the franchise, and now the the way you're describing the lead character just reminds me of that video of Stan Lee taking the piss out of Liefeld and McFarlane as they do a character design in front of him. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much, and yet somehow it works. I can't explain it. Lord Japan. It, it does sound like it should be cool to a 13-year-old, but stupid now. But it's still cool. I'm still reading the manga now, as it comes out. And You'll that's be because reading it's the manga for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, he'll be, reading the, he'll be reading the manga for the rest of the writer's life. Oh, that's true. Yeah. 
But then the uh, yeah, the other game to come out this month that I'm interested in is a Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, what is What's that then? Uh, it's set a thousand years after, well, basically after we lose, and the machines win. Oh yeah, I've seen some be. footage of this. And basically, we we've reverted to quote unquote cavemen in the style of how we survive, so hunting for fur pelts and all that kind of stuff. But we also hunt the the machines have now taken over and become the dominant wildlife, and we hunt them for their parts. So we you and your character in it, she uh, female lead uses crossbows, spear launchers, all that kind of stuff, but they're still explosive tipped, all this kind of stuff. Like the harpoon launchers, you'll fire harpoons that then fire ties uh, into the floor to hold your prey down. And there's stuff, you know, there's uh, gazelle-style creatures, giraffe-style creatures, giant enemy crabs, giant T-Rex-style robots i mean there's all sorts of flying ones it's a massive open world game and if you play the new tomb raiders and you liked the bow and, ar- bow and arrow combat from that a lot this would be a game for you as well because it's just amazing but it's not out yet so it could fall to the hype you know it looks like a gamble and i mean even the studio uh making it say that you know when they were pitching new ip ideas it's probably the riskiest of the ideas they came up with uh so it's a real gamble but uh some of the good news about it is that john gonzalez is writing the story and if you don't know that name you might know fallout new vegas which is Hooray! also a game where he wrote the story that's awesome yeah, so that's pretty strong in terms of a big open world game having a narrative behind it. Speaking of New Vegas, that had some info recently as well. Is oh that... yes, isn't, isn't isn't the rumor mill going for New Vegas too? Yeah. Or is that confirmed, or is that still? Um, one of the guys from Obsidian have has recently come out um, with it was a single image. Which very well could have just been an image from New Vegas, but it was the same style, saying we have to return or something along that lines. Yeah, because huh. I I saw some like bits and pieces about this too. That there were whole different rumors. Like there was one uh, there was one image that was released, and they don't know whether it was leaked or whatever. Is you know it could be anything, it could be fake, but yeah. um, of a Fallout. Um, a screenshot done in third person. You see the character, and they're waist deep in a swamp, and it's set in Mississippi. And I thought that looks pretty cool. So whether they they do something like that, but you know, Obsidian did it before; they could do it again, couldn't they? I would. I would love to see the Deep South in in uh, in Fallout. Wouldn't that be cool? The the theory that the the rumors going around it's uh, returning to the Boneyard. Oh, oh. yeah, interesting. Oh. Oh, for those who don't know. All of our, for all of our, our non-classic Fallout friends, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, no, I was just having a look at some of the stuff about the uh, the rumor because I hadn't actually seen the rumor, and I was like, okay, I want to know if this is real. Uh, I'm not 
convinced by what I've seen so far, but I'm excited. Just just let the excitement live, Simon. Yeah, yes. I'm, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, as for the Boneyard, um, it's, well, it's L.A. Um, the bones are the remnants of the skyscrapers of downtown L.A., uh, much like the Fallout 3 setting was all um, crumbled concrete and steel girders. Uh, that would be the look of the Boneyard in general, but with more sun. Uh, it was... I don't think it was the capital of, but it was one of the major parts of the uh, New California Republic. Sort of politically very significant. Uh, and it would be an interesting setting. Because you've got... Uh, as we know, Fallout games love their factions. You know, you had the NCR Troopers and um, Caesar's Legion in New and Vegas. And the Great Cons! <laughs> Here you have the LAPD as one of the oh. dominant factions in oh, the wow. Boneyard. Which if any, could be interesting. If any group of people is going to be really, really adept at beating the shit out of people with sticks, it's going to be the LAPD, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Um... The regulators, as they turned into, I think I'm right in remembering the LAPD turned into the regulators gang. Also, I'm sure House of the Apocalypse are still around. Oh, um, yeah. And of course, the New California Republic are back because uh, we're still in California. There. Yep. Can you guys answer me a question about uh, New Vegas? Because as we as it's just there, and I've wondered this for a long time. You say Caesar's Legion in the game. A lot of them call it Kaiser's Legion. What's that about? Yeah. Is, it, is that them just getting it wrong? Well, no, that's them getting it right. This is the really weird thing, is that for so, over time and over our own pronunciation, we now pronounce it Caesar, but technically speaking, it should be pronounced Kaiser. Oh, Latin okay. doesn't have a soft C, so ah. the word Caesar could literally not have existed. But we do. It's where we get the word Kaiser from in German. Yeah, Kaiser. Yeah, yeah I figured that. It yeah. comes from Kaiser, which is the correct pronunciation of Caesar. Oh, uh, but there was, a, there was a period in English language where we started to anglicise what we were reading and writing, okay. um, which is not so, not so much anymore. Like you'll see people now using the correct pronunciation on certain non-English words. Um, the, the, a good example being uh, the the board game and you know the, the Serb Hunter, which, yeah. strictly speaking, is technically correct if you call it Junta, because. The English term for it, it doesn't have the the soft uh, J sound the Spanish does. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Kaiser Caesar, they're both they're both correct. I mean, I guess Kaiser is the more historically accurate one, but I think the idea is they've just seen it written down, so they've gone with Kaiser because that's how it looks like it should be pronounced to them. Okay. And the other thing, um, before yeah, just whilst we're on the topic, I got into a debate the other day because someone was telling me it's. Genghis Khan, not Genghis Khan. Is that right? Uh, oh, the, the, I did know this one because there was a weird with that that group that did Eurovision called Jing, called Chinggis Khan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure. My my Mongolian is not as good as it once was. <laughs> Never mind. That is a lie. That's actually a lie. My Mongolian is exactly as good as it once was, which is non-existent. But okay. I believe it's like it's more like a sort of j, not, not a J sound, but like a ch, um, Yang. There's not really a, a, a an English language equivalent, which is where these. That's where you start getting nearest, uh, closest alternative letters and things. 
um, which starts to drive people like mad when you start going from one alphabet to another. I've noticed this when when Rowan's been trying to teach me some Korean, and I'm, and I'm like pronouncing a word, and she's like, no, 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 like this, and I say it exactly the same, and she's like, no, 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 like this, not with a D, but with like a D sound, and I'm like, that is exactly a D, <laughs> and it's like, no, 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 it's like a soft end, like you are not making because I've only ever done. <laughs> romance languages and japanese and japanese is incredibly simple with the noises there's no like uh the, the only place where there's subtlety is in l's this sort of y sound for r and l um so yeah like mongolian uh, chinese korean there's a lot of subtlety there in the sounds and oh oh it makes it it does me an angry is what it does in terms of me not being able to do it it frustrates me no end that i'm this stupid at languages and now i used to be good at those things anyway that i i got a bit of my fault for making us go on that tangent thank you jack i appreciate the that's right i i hope the Um, listeners found it interesting it is very interesting we'll talk more of it sometime we'll have a language episode hmm actually Uh, come to march (laughs) okay we do yes and March is going to take a while. Yeah. <laughs> so the Switch is coming out. Yep. Yeah. So straight away you've got 1-2 Switch, Just Dance, uh, the new Skylanders, Super Bomberman R, and a, a small game uh, that's probably going to get a little bit of attention, uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. I think you'll find it's pronounced Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. <laughs> <laughs> Immaculate. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, just mm, it looks great. It? Back. it looks really good. Like there's no I'm denying. I'm so happy. Like it will be available for Wii U as well, correct? That is yeah, correct. but I don't have a Wii U. Uh why am I? Like considering I don't have a Wii U, it might be worth just getting a Switch to get this, since I have to buy a console to play it either way. Yeah. Well, well this is the game they're hoping will sell consoles. I'm, no I'm, question. I'm guessing one. Oh, okay, cool. I'll just I'll just turn up at uh, at Irish's place. But you can um, carry it around with you, can't you? You can you can play Jack, it on the bus. I can, I can come it, come over to yours, and you can play it at yours. <gasps> yes, I have beer. Less walking. <laughs> yeah, I can come home, sit down, wait. <laughs> this is it my favorite thing to, to do. Yeah. The more yeah, you know about it, it's Zelda. I'm going to play it. I don't need to know shit. It's set sometime, looks a bit in the future timeline. We're not sure which timeline it belongs in, mind you. Whichever the fuck timeline. <laughs> it seems to be. <laughs> seems For to more be information, some... see our Zelda episode. Yeah. Uh, Zedla episode. Yeah. The um, there seems to be some level of technology in this one. Yeah. As in, you know, more than just your horse and cart sort of situation. And bombs. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you start off the game by, in typical Zelda style, of waking up. It has to be done. But you you wake up coming out of cryogenic stasis or some kind? Oh! Yeah. Oh, yes, no, I have seen that. In that weird... Yeah, you're in like a weird sarcophagus thing. Yeah. And And there's um, all this hard light stuff around you. Yeah. And you pick up your... Like, your data pad, essentially, which is called the... uh, uh, the Sheikah tablet. So, you know, tying into the Sheikans from the franchise. Yeah. And you use that to open temples and all that kind of stuff. 
within the game. Uh, but it's open world. It's literally go anywhere, do anything. Which is awesome. Um, no, there's no direct path to, you know, like, you know, you need to go, ah, oh, you have got this item, you need to go, you can now go to this dungeon, all this kind of stuff. It's like, you can go anywhere. So Although, like, like many open world games, I'm sure it will use the trickle of items to control oh, progress to most certain likely, areas. Yeah. But to that same degree, I mean, the original Legend of Zelda was an open world game. Yeah. But yeah. part of the frustration and the challenge came in the fact that, yeah, you can go, you can do any dungeon in any order, but items you will get in one dungeon will allow you to progress through other ones. So there is an order you have to do them in. Yeah. Like Mega Man bosses. Yeah. But, I mean, Mega Man bosses, it's like, they just make things easier. In, yeah. in Legend of Zelda, the original, you cannot progress unless you do them in a certain order. That's well, true, that's, yeah. That's one of the things. A lot of the artwork that they've been releasing for Breath of the Wild is reimaginings of the original Zelda artwork. Yeah, which is very interesting to me, because I'm like, I, I love the old Zelda, but, you know, it's very hard to, like, go back to it and hold it up as this sort of great fantasy world when you're rendering it with exactly eight bits. Yeah, um, like um, it's interesting that we were talking about Numenera earlier, then, because it seems to me, from what I'm looking at, that um, there is kind of like the ruins of like a more futuristic element mm. in this Zelda. <laughs> it's yeah, kind of I mean, weird, but you, also kind of cool. You find the like the, I would say it's the Temple of Time sort of thing. You know, the, the iconic temple from the Zelda games, and yeah, definitely, and it's in ruins. But it's been in ruins for a long time, and basically, you know, you, you've you're dropped in this world, and it's a case of find out what happened, and you meet Zelda on the way, and uh, you know, story progresses from there, I guess. Mm-hmm. But you know, we got they've definitely they've definitely <laughs> taken steps to give this one its own identity as it were yeah, like, i don't mean, think they're resting on their laurels as much with this one i mean when it, came, when it comes to, like the weapons in classic zelda you know you pick it you get your basic sword you then get your better sword and then you get like the best sword in this one you just pick up stuff that can be a weapon you find rusty swords rusty bows all this kind of stuff and they each have their own durability uh power levels all that sort of stuff you can find armor uh, you won't find heart pieces anymore, like, like the uh, hearts and the grass. You yeah. but you can then you can hunt for food and then cook it to turn it into stuff that makes that gives you more health back. Yeah, that's interesting. And the, uh, did, well, did I read correctly? In there, there's there's like there's going to be crafting and stuff as well. So it is yeah. really kind of gutting yeah. for the open world. Um, sort of you you are more in charge of how you progress and what items you use and stuff. And it's got yeah. a very Shadow of the Colossus style boss battles from what we've seen so far. It does look it, doesn't it? Yeah. Of, you know, you find their weak spot, climb up, attack it. No, it does look really exciting. And Simon, I think you're quite right. This one is the one that's going to sell the consoles. They, uh, they've, oh, yeah. They've, they've done well in making sure that they have a Zelda ready, you know, because uh, yeah. let's face it, it's either Mario or Zelda. That's the, the, it's okay. the thing. There is There is no new... Zelda at all in the last generation. Oh god, That's yeah. true, yeah, yeah. Wow. The last new Zelda was Skyward Sword on the Wii. God, yeah. 
You know, because even Twilight Princess, when the Wii came out, was on the GameCube. It was on the GameCube, wasn't it? Yeah, that's the one it, I had it. it, on. was, it that was their sort of uh, crossover uh, title. So the yeah. only... It's also worth putting out, like, because this was originally going to come out in 2015. Yeah. And then it went on to become the third most anticipated game of 2016. But it's also worth pointing out that, again, this was the third most anticipated game of 2016. The second most anticipated game of 2016 is going to come out after this in 2017. It's going to come out like even later on in the year. The only one that actually released in 2016 was Final Fantasy XV. Man, games is a weird, weird world. <laughs> well, at least they're holding back to make sure they get it right, I guess? I don't know. It, yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather a game release late and correct than early and wrong or in some games (laughs) or in some games cases late and fucked (laughs) yeah not not naming any names not not skying any mans oh yeah (laughs) Yeah. i'm with you i've no the fucking nazis i'll never break that code (laughs) bless them bless them the silly fools um, yeah, so still on March, there's a game which I'm not going to talk very much about, but I really, really want us to do a playthrough of for the for the, the YouTube channel. What's that? Star Trek Bridge Crew. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Is that, that's, um, that's VR, right? It is, yeah. which is probably why we'll struggle to do a playthrough of it. We must try, we must attempt. Do any of us actually own any of the devices? I will get it for this. Simon has one, don't you, Simon? I have a dev kit Oculus, uh, which uh, is nowhere near as good as the release product. Okay. Hmm. So um, it would be a struggle to do the full release. Although there is Artemis Bridge Crew, which can be played on regular computers, and I have several licenses for that. So anytime we're in the same room, we could do a playthrough of that. We should absolutely do that at some point soon. That's cool. It's the same basic idea. We will. It is exactly the same idea. It's just not branded. Mm. Yeah, we played on like regular computers. So it's. I'm guessing obviously your Star Trek bridge crew, and you all take up the roles on the bridge. Then yeah, that's right. Yeah, that is exactly right. So uh, you have four players: um, captain, tactical, engineering, and helm. Amazing. And no one gets the full picture. No one gets full control over everything, or even a full view of everything. I think the captain gets readouts on everything. Yes, but can directly control nothing. Yeah. So That's the captain really is the coordinator, um, and everyone else gets readouts of their stuff and control over their stuff. So is it a case of you um, actually actively communicating? So obviously, if you're all in the same room playing it, you can shout to each other, or you know, on a on like a I don't know a, a, an open chat or whatever. But it would be more like an open chat, I guess. Yeah, but you'd want to all be in the same room so you can get that feel of having people in the same room but facing in slightly different directions and having one person (laughs) against one wall and looking over their shoulder with their finger in their ear saying, Captain, we're getting a healing frequency. Yeah, uh, on tactical you have to sit directly behind the captain, don't you? So You have to stand directly behind the captain. (laughs) Yeah, you have to stand, yeah. (laughs) Because the other chair is being taken up by the councillor. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe we could get a fifth player in to be the counsellor for a counselling when we... I'll do it. Yeah, okay. I'll let you know when the Ferengi are lying. <laughs> uh, another game coming out in March is Near Automata. Okay. Yes. I've got the original Near. 
That came out a while ago, didn't it? The, it, the original one. Well, I say I've got the original one. I've got the Western one, not the Japanese version. Oh, that looks ah. interesting. Yeah, it's. I, I'm kind of put off by the phrase Japanese RPG, uh, but it ah. is. It's a platinum game, uh, and you play a cyborg. And one of the first things I learned about this game is uh, a lot of the character customization is done by the installation of chips and software. Right. So you can go in, remove a chip, replace it with another one. Obviously, there's a sort of inventory management of skills because you only have a certain capacity. And one of the chips is your core processor. And if you attempt to remove it, the game will say, are you sure this is your core processor? Removing this means death. But <laughs> uh, you can still say yes, at which point the game just fades to black. Oh, well. <laughs> nice. Fantastic. So, just from Platinum and that, I was like, oh, I might have to have a look at this. There is a demo available. I haven't sat down and played it yet, but it looks gorgeous. Yeah, it looks really nice. Ah, okay. Definitely want to watch. And it is a, ro a role-playing game, then, so that's... Ah. I'm just looking at the wiki a bit now. Yeah. It's gorgeous artwork. Gorgeous artwork. We've also got Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Wildlands coming out, which... Okay. I'm mostly interested in because it looks like it will be fun in co-op to fuck it up completely with the guys I play Payday 2 with. <laughs> fuck it up completely. Uh, it's their first effort at an open world sort of Tom Clancy game, which is kind of interesting. That is interesting. I thought that was actually going to be a... Um, I misread it. I thought it was going to be the one that you... Um... Oh, it was one that you were playing before, Simon. It's uh, Rainbow it was... Six Siege. Yeah, Siege, that's it, yeah. Also, it's a different thing then, okay. Yes, Ghost Recon is another of the Tom Clancy brands. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're all Tom Clancy games, but you've got the Rainbow Six games, the Ghost Recon games, uh, the... Oh, what are the Splinter Sam Cell. Fisher ones? Splinter, Splinter Cell, Cell, that's it, thank you. Oh, Splinter Cell, yeah. They're all Tom Clancy games, but they're yeah. different sort of branches of the franchise. You've got the Division now, and that... Oh yeah, Brand the Division as well. I mean, we try and pretend that didn't happen, but... Yeah, wasn't that sort of open world? Uh, yes, uh, it was, that's true. It was an MMO, though, so it's not quite an open world game. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. But most importantly, in March, we have the new Mass Effect game. Yeah. Yes. I was wondering if we could spend more time on that one. Yeah, like I said, March is going to take a while. <laughs> so Mass Effect Andromeda. My goodness. Oh, I am so hyped for this game. So am I, man. Really? The hype hasn't died yet for you? No. Oh, no, no, oh, no, no. Brilliant. Oh, that, that makes me happy. I'm glad for that. Why would it have died? It's Mass Effect, man. Uh, I know, but like, you know, like, it just seems to be the way of the world right now is that things are di just, things are disappointing. <laughs> That's okay, Jack. It, just it means the way of the world right now. Well... Mass Effect 3, which has killed some people's hype, the way I look at it is 90% of Mass Effect 3 was the best game Bioware have ever made. Correct. Uh, there, It dipped off at the end, admittedly, and it's yes. really unfortunate that it did that at the end of a trilogy. Yeah. yeah. But the game was a fantastic experience. I completely agree. An emotional roller coaster. I was sat through all of that game on the edge of my seat. 
Um, the ending obviously made me fall back into it, but uh, <laughs> you know, like, but you're Simon's right there. Like, it is incredible. Mass Effect Three is incredible up to the very end. Um, so I think they would have taken stock of that for Andromeda. I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, I have a lot of thoughts about this, so feel free to get in before I start rambling. No, I'm going to sit back, man. I have a few thoughts, but I'm I'm happy for you to take this one. Okay, so how much do people know about Andromeda? The actual Andromeda galaxy? Oh, the or? game. The game as planned. <laughs> I know so nothing. I know simply that they are essentially these... Uh, it's a new body known as the Pathfinders, I believe, and they are setting out to find a new galaxy to for diplomatic and colonization means, I think. That's all I know. Is that Jack, wrong? you got any familiarity? <laughs> None at all. None at all. I am completely out of the loop on Mass Effect Andromeda. Okay, so the Andromeda project, in Mass Effect terms, was indeed um, a colonization spearhead into the Andromeda galaxy. It was a Citadel project, and it was set up by uh, the first human to go through the Mass Effect relay in the Earth's solar system. Uh, oh, sorry, it wasn't set up by him. He is the human Pathfinder. The Pathfinders themselves are in very elite individuals within the Andromeda Project. The Andromeda Project consists of six arcs, each holding 20,000 people in suspended animation and carrying smaller ships that will be the scout ships once they arrive in the Andromeda galaxy. Um, Even Sorry, just a quick question. Have we seen suspended animation before in Mass Effect with space travel? I don't think we have, have we? Uh, we know the Protheans used suspended animation to survive oh. um, the Reaper invasion. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, and no, we haven't, because uh, space travel within our galaxy is near instantaneous using the mass relay, so you don't need it. Yeah. But to travel intergalactically will take 600 years. Ooh. So they're kind of going to need suspended animation. Yeah, definitely. And the beauty of that is they departed... Uh, we're looking at the timeline somewhere between the end of Mass Effect 1 and the start of Mass Effect 2. Oh. So they're not even aware of the Reapers, the people who are going off to set up this project. Oh, Jesus, I thought this would have been like, they, they would have set this up um, to make sure that they had a place to go to after all the devastation the Reapers caused. Well, we don't know what the original impetus for setting the mission up was. That might be part of the plot. Because... Oh shit! We gotta, we gotta warn them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's a really handy way for them to deal with the fact that uh, what is the continuity after the end of Mass Effect Three? Sure. Well, no matter what the consequences were, they only affect the Milky Way. Yeah. So Andromeda <laughs> isn't affected, and the people in Andromeda don't know. That's so... got to. That's got to be the only time anyone's ever said whatever the consequences are. They only affect the Milky Way. <laughs> <laughs> Like I think that yeah, I mean, I, I'm I kind of feel a bit upset because I thought that they were gonna not really because like we're gonna have a new story and Andromeda is gonna be amazing, but I was kind of intrigued to see what they were gonna do to sort out what had happened at the end of three. Well, now you know that is what they're gonna do, right? What actually happens is whatever you had in your epilogue of your game. Oh dear. 
That's um, yours, and no one can take that away from you. Yeah, as much as you might like them to. Same as everyone else is. Yeah. Uh, so, you play not the human Pathfinder. You play the child of the human Pathfinder. The human Pathfinder is Alec Ryder, who, mm. as I said, was the first person through the mass relay. And he has two children who are both with him, Scott and Sarah Ryder. You play one or the other. And whichever one you play, the other one is also a character in your game. Oh, cool. They're a potential squad mate. So it's not like Femshep, Dudeshep. It's you are Ryder, and the other Ryder is also there. <laughs> so it, character customization, you customize whichever one you're playing. You also customize the other one. And in the way that uh, Fallout worked out from your character creation uh, what your dad would look like, it does the same thing. It works out what your dad would look like based on how you've customized the children. Oh, wow. That's cool. Uh, you are crew of the Tempest, which is the human exploration vessel. And the idea is we've done really, really long-range scans of Andromeda, and we've identified a few planets that might be suitable for colonization. Your job is to go out there, confirm them, find the right place... Uh, it's sort of the interstellar thing of these are our possible worlds, find the one where we can live. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but basically people have been breaking away from the arcs as they arrive. So some people have gone off to set up their own sort of little outposts already. And then there are all the native species of Andromeda that we've yet to meet. Uh, so along the way, you'll pick up crew members and characters to join you much as in all the previous Mass Effects, and we know a little bit about who some of the characters will be. So we know that there are going to be some humans on board. There's a guy called Liam, who we don't know a huge amount about. He seems very earnest, uh, very cheerful kind of guy. Then there's the sort of second-in-command of your ship, who we know a lot more about and have inferred even more about, and that is Cora Harper. She is heavily biotic uh, and, of course, shares a surname with the elusive man. Uh. So there's some speculation that this is the elusive man's daughter. That's Which could be an sweet. interesting plot point. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's also an Asari you'll meet. Yes. Uh, I forget her full name, Priscillian Bissane or something like that, but basically call her PB. She looks really cool. She does. There's a female Turian named Vetra and a big, big old grizzled Krogan called Drac. Awesome. Uh, and I'm up for all of these. Yeah, man, that sounds awesome. They look like a great cast. Uh, also, your pilot is a Solarian. Excellent. Excellent. I have one uh, fear, however, and that is, um, you know, the name of the ship, the Tempest. I mean... Yep. That's that's famously a story about how a, a ship crashes, right? <laughs> well, crashes, but gets destroyed and marooned. Like, come on, like, could have chosen a different name. It's a, it's a cool it's name, though. Definitely possible. Um, <laughs> there is a new Mako. It's now it's uh, I can't remember the name of the buggy in this one, but it is a high speed exploration vessel. It still has jump jets. Yeah, it has, still has rocket boost. It has interchangeable four- and six-wheel drive, because everything is about customization in this one. Um, and because people 
fairly made fun of the handling of some of the vehicles in Mass Effect. And because Bioware are part of EA now, they drafted in some of the Need for Speed team to get the handling right. Oh, wow. So I expect that's going to be rather fun to drive. Yeah, definitely. And the whole thing is running on Frostbite, which is EA's engine of choice these days, so you can expect it to look at least as good as Dragon Age Inquisition. Yeah, I saw there was a they did a um one of their marketing things was uh they were talking about Mass, Mass Effect Andromeda with 4K, weren't they? And they uh yep. they were showing how gorgeous it looked. And I thankfully have just got a 4K TV. So <laughs> I'm quite excited about that. And one of the things I particularly like that they've announced is that there is no class. You won't be an engineer or a vanguard or a soldier. Oh. You can put your points into whatever damn skill you want, but if you pick certain combinations of skills, you'll get a skill synergy. So if you happen to pick the biotic vanguard traits and the shotgun traits and everything, you'll find, oh, they've all merged together with synergy and made me even stronger. So if you play to a class, you can min-max. But if you don't want to, you can do whatever you want. I really like uh, skill synergy setups like that. That's really cool. I like that. Oh, that's exciting. I hope they have yeah. like the interceptor. Uh, no, not interceptor. What was it? Uh, infiltrator with the uh, sort of things where you could go invisible and snipe and stuff. Because that was one of my favorite things to do. Well, I'm pretty sure they will. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> that is a, a bit of what I know about um, Andromeda. Oh yes, and one thing: the Nexus is a, another <clears throat> giant ship that they're dragging along with them, and an arc that basically the pieces when combined in Andromeda will form a mini citadel. Oh, that's really interesting. So based on the citadel being this, you know, really useful central location for managing uh, citadel space, they've decided to take one with them. That's not going to go well. <laughs> what I the other thing that I saw which kind of excited me, one of the new one of the new races which judging by the trailer it kind of seems like it might be the villain is this hulking alien who has this kind of like halo on top of ah, his head. The Archon. Yes, yeah. that's the villain. Wow. Hooray. He looks amazing. He looks incredible. So yeah, um, what else do I know about Andromeda? Uh, oh, multiplayer. Oh, okay. It's being developed by the studio who did the multiplayer for Mass Effect 3. Um, and there's no more hanging around and waiting for the enemy to come to you. Uh, <laughs> enemies will flank you and hunt you down, uh, and staying still is a bad thing. Uh, cooldowns for abilities are individual to the ability rather than a global timer, so you can sort of strategically use different abilities much more cleverly. Uh, in Andromeda, you have a jetpack for nice. burst movement and stuff, even if you're not biotic, and oh. that's in multiplayer. Cool. I, uh, I, I, I also a... know at least one spoiler about why you're playing the son of the Pathfinder and not the Pathfinder, but I won't say what it is because it is a spoiler. Okay. How did you find out? Well, I mean, it has been announced, but there are people who are deliberately not looking at information. Right, you know? right, right. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't. I don't want any spoilers because, like, the, the the thing that I obviously love about the Mass Effect series is the story. So, um. Yeah, but one one thing I will say, we were talking about the multiplayer. Like, I don't know if I'm alone in this, but I actually I actually really enjoyed the Mass Effect 3 multiplayer. Like I had a really good time with that. It wasn't perfect by any stretch, but um it was good fun. 
I really liked it. And yeah. uh, what's more, Zoe really liked it, uh, which is interesting. It was like her first shooter multiplayer ever. Oh, nice. It's a good one. Like, I, I really enjoyed it. And you're obviously focusing fire on, you know, it's not against other other players, is it? You're up against waves and waves of enemies, which... Um, That's right. Yeah, which is nice. It sort of builds up a sort of camaraderie, really, doesn't it? Like, you're, it's you versus the world, you know? It, that's uh, that's always a good feeling. It's like the uh, Firefly option in Halo and stuff. Like, that's always fun to play. Not that I've played Halo yes. for a long time now, but... Oh, and um, much like open world games in general and Dragon Age Inquisition specifically, uh, there is a blueprints and crafting system as well. Very cool. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, exploring new worlds and sort of surviving on the frontier. So you've got to make stuff for yourself. See, I, I like that. I like the idea because what I loved about the first Mass Effect. Uh, well, one of the things that made me fall in love with it was the fact that you start and it's very, very clear from the get-go that humans aren't particularly in good standing. And then that mm. sort of kind of changes as you go through, like Shepard gets a name for him or herself and, you know, it kind of like level, levels the playing field as you go through the season, the series. But I like the idea that all of the races now coming from the Milky Way are going to be looked on as outsiders and um invaders almost like that's what really appeals to me yeah we're all the colonialist imperialists now yeah which is really i think that's really quite exciting an exciting angle Hur hooray for us <laughs> yes <laughs> always happens always happens so yeah very exciting times i'm looking forward to that oh and i believe that there are still interrupts but they're not explicitly paragon or renegade oh really yeah they're doing away with the binary good bad morality and instead going with a more dragon age style some characters will approve of that action some will not that's fair yeah okay which i prefer yeah, I mean, the, another another one of my favorite things about Bioware and games in general is the relationships um, that you develop with the with your with your crew or whatever. So I, I think that that's awesome that it, it it reflects on their opinion of you. So that's cool. Definitely interested by that. That's going to be a release day for me. I think I'm I'm going to get that as soon as I possibly can. Oh, that's a, I'm booking time off work for that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fair. Definitely fair. Excellent. So yeah, um, is there anything else in March going on? Other Jesus, we're only on March. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it really well, out after March because not a lot. With the thing is, video games are very different to films in that films you you have to know what's coming out like a year or two in advance, whereas games it gets a bit murky once you get about three months into the future. Yeah, it does. We also got slowed down because we hit the speed bumps of Zelda and Mass Effect in the same month. True. It's going to really speed up now, and we're going to then end up doing a little bit on games that haven't been given an exact um, release, release date. date yeah. yeah, sure. I mean, because the next one for me comes up then is uh, April, the very beginning of April. Okay, what's that? Persona Five. That's Persona Five. Oh, oh wow. god! <laughs> I have been counting down the fucking hours until this. Well, considering you were meant to get it this month, weren't you originally? Originally, I think we were supposed to get it last year. Well, I think it was going to be Valentine's Day for this year. Oh, originally, yeah. Because that was a whole big thing yeah. about it. But then it got pushed. But it's 
Fourth Fourth of April is the current release date until it gets pushed back again. Um, oh, it's gonna be on the PS3. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, um, they, they. I mean, they never released. I don't think they released a game on the PS3 before now for Persona. So- for someone who's never played the Persona games and have only heard about them, um, what is Persona 5 going to be like? What What is exciting well, you about its release? Basically, Persona 4 is one of the finest games I have ever played. Not even just one of the finest RPGs, but one of the finest games I have ever played. Goodness. Um, essentially, the, the, the plot of Persona... F- uh, I can go back to sort of Persona 3, which is where they sort of start taking on this life of their own. Which is, uh, Persona 3, you are part of this... Um, ragtag group of students at a school who have the uh ability to sort of be aware that at the the 13th hour which is this sort of extra hour that happens between midnight and 1 a.m or rather yeah basically at midnight another hour happens and then you get the the hour of midnight to 1 a.m yeah okay there's a, a 13th hour um and basically during that time the world warps and becomes this dark hellish nightmare world populated by monsters and a giant tower rises up Huh. And you are part of this group trying to figure out the the mystery of it all. Um, you unlock your powers by uh, facing mortality, basically. Like when you're put into a uh, a near death situation, it unlocks your power. So the the mechanic for um, using your inbuilt spiritual powers is you get a thing called an evoker, which is shaped like a gun, and you use the evoker by pressing it to your head and pulling the trigger. Fuck. Yeah, it is pretty fucked up. Uh, Persona 4, Persona 4, you're a student who basically has had to move out to... You're a student from the city who's had to move out to the rural sticks um, and enroll in a new school, and you meet some new people, you become friends with them. At round about the same time that a serial killer starts attacking this very small, tiny, rural uh, village uh, area, which, you know, so far their biggest crime has been, like, bicycle theft. Um, And essentially it's you trying to solve the crime. Uh, and the idea is basically being that uh, they've been they've been working on this the crime method. So Persona Three was prevent the crime. Persona Four was solve the crime. Persona Five appears to be be the crime. Yeah. <laughs> you you are a ragtag bunch of uh, diamond and art thieves. Cat burglars. You're cat burglars who steal from like private collections and art museums and stuff like that. But by day you are high school students. But by night you are thieves extraordinaire. It could be a Robin Hood situation, but it, it very well could be. We we don't know a lot yet in terms of that. Um, but the Persona games have always been fantastic. Uh, like the gameplay works really well. It's it's always a really sort of you don't have to, certain games work differently, but you generally don't have to grind it unless you want to sort of um, combine elements of your characters and start building on certain specific things. That, you, that like grind is not a um, mandatory feature which is real you know something i look for in an rpg yeah but but largely the mechanics of the the combat and of the 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 dungeon delving and all that is very secondary to uh in your real life you have to balance your relationships and uh the way this works in three and four is that um your persona your your uh, being that you summon from yourself they're all tied to tarot cards and each person in the game has a different tarot card associated to them. And if you spend more time with a specific person, you'll level up that tarot card. So, for example, in Persona 4, um, there was... Uh, you could go to the drama club and you'd meet the girl who was the son, Arcana. Spend more time with her, get more into her backstory and find out what she's all about. And you level up your son, Arcana. 
there's a little old lady who's just recently lost her husband. She's the Death Arcana. And, you know, every single person you meet starts off looking like one particular sort of person. And then you start speaking to them more and you find out more about them. You find out more about their motivations, more about their character. And it, every single character you meet essentially has a really in-depth, well-written story behind them. And you feel for every single last one of them. And you can't go through the entire game and meet and talk and level up every single relationship because it's all done with sort of you have <clears throat> X amount of hours in the day to do your studies and socialize and go fight evil. Um, but you just you you really care for the characters. They, they do a fantastic job of making you want to be involved in people's lives in this game. So this one thing is that the Persona group, the, the Persona uh, writers do is interpersonal relationships and... I'm really looking forward to Persona 5 because for the longest time, what I've always said is if I could if I could delete the memories in my mind of Persona 4 just so I could go back and play it again without knowing any of the twists, that would be fantastic. If I could if I could pull a uh, was, was it Crichton who did that? Uh Crichton did it for Lister. Oh, no, for oh, uh, Lister for did Rimmer. it for Holly. Oh yeah, yeah, I was, I was like, I remember it was exactly the Red the Christie from my memory. Yes. Yes. I'm confused. I, just did it. I, did went, <laughs> I went away and we were talking about Persona. I come back and we're talking about Red Dwarf. And I'm really <laughs> yeah, uh, it's essentially if I, if I could just delete my memories about that game so that I could play it again with completely oh, okay, fresh yeah. eyes. Oh, all right. <laughs> but then again, we would have probably the same problem and someone would go, right, done it. Done what? I've deleted all your memory of Persona 4. Why'd you do that? Also, what's Persona 4? <laughs> Excellent. There you go. Cool. Does anyone know anything about Prey? Yes, a bit. A tiny, tiny bit. Uh, it is one of the projects like Bethesda, as some of you you probably got, you guys probably know, are like branching out and they've been working with different properties. They, they obviously now own id Software, so Doom came out and stuff like that. And this one looks to be like a sci-fi thriller shooter that is about stopping a nefarious... Um, Kind of new species of experiment alien almost from getting back to earth um and a lot of the gameplay looks like it's revolving around quite an advanced like physics engine i don't know enough about it to really describe it but like it looks to me like physics is a big deal in this in this thing so, I don't know. so is it related is it related to the other game that's also called prey from like 10 years ago I think it is, yes. Um, I've not done an awful lot of research on it. All that I've really know is that it's obviously from one of the teams that Bethesda now own, and generally they're really good at like the world building aspect. They're quite uh, they're quite good at encouraging the companies they now own to to delve into that. This um, this was originally meant to be a sequel to the original. Yeah. But it oh, out, okay. Fell into development hell. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's been 11 years, I think, since Prey. It was, it was a 360 launch title, I think. 2006. Yeah, originally. That was a good game. Well, the, trailer, the trailer looks great. Like, it looks interesting. It looks like it's got its own style. Um, yeah, it looks good. That's, yeah, all I want to know is if that was linked to the, to the, to the other one, because it'd be interesting. Yeah. Well, I think it is. Um, we, we've also got Injust Injustice 2 coming out in May. Yeah, um, like, I am kind of like, <laughs> I'm a, 
I, I've got to say, like, I do enjoy those games. Um, I've always enjoyed Mortal Kombat. This is made by NetherRealm. Like, I know you guys aren't such a fan of that uh, of Mortal Kombat. I don't think, but um... I, I, yeah, it doesn't. As as a as a beat 'em up, it really feels slow and clunky to me. But then every beat 'em up does after playing Dead or Alive. Yeah, yeah pretty yes. much the same yeah. thing. It it feels kind of unresponsive and <laughs> yeah. This is kind know, of it's, okay it's, to me. Yeah, if you if you can if you play Mortal Kombat and you know what you're doing, it, it probably yeah. is is has a beautiful flow to it. But when it you go does. from one world to the other, yeah, kind of kind of i would never go as far as to say that it is as fluid as like dead or alive things like that but then again i've never been very good at dead or, dead or alive so perhaps that might be i i i might might be why i have a better response to this but um i i kind of i half love half hate the injustice um universe as it were there's it's now become its own thing there's a whole comic book run of it as well where uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, basically, um, like way back in that particular canon, um, the Joker was threatening Metropolis with a bomb. Um, he basically is responsible for murdering Lois Lane and Superman snaps. And he, whilst Batman watches, uh, unable to do anything really, Superman puts his fist through the Joker and murders him. But it, and this, uh, it's not just the Flash is trying to. It's because it's Lois, no, well known. Lois and his unborn child. That as well. Yes, you're right. And because the Flash is trying to stop them as well, there's basically like a Flashpoint-esque thing where the world splits. It's two different timelines. One because where the Joker is saved. Is. Yes, it's DC. Um, now, this one is obviously the next step. There was like a whole saga about them trying to jump to this this other universe to stop an evil Superman who now has this totalitarian regime where batman is leading the resistance because you know he's batman um the comics are based on this one it's fantastic yeah which is interesting um now it's all fine you know but it's it's kind of one of those those like i'm obviously not going to play it fully for the story because it's like you know it's a fighting game generally they're not famous for their stories but I find it interesting enough, and I find uh, the the sort of the combat uh, good enough for me anyway that I, I generally enjoy them. And it's fun, like, when you're Superman to punch someone into the stratosphere to then fly up and then punch them back down to Earth, you know? It's good to run people over with the Batmobile. and Yeah, so I'm interested. And it looks like Brainiac is going to be in there now. Darkseid is also going to be in there. Um, and it's quite it a lot looks of cast in this one, isn't there? Yeah, it looks fantastic. Like they've got the Red Lantern Corps, some of the Red Lantern Corps in there. They've got Supergirl, um, uh, and like, uh, they've, they've, yeah, Gorilla Grodd is playable. Um, they've done this. One thing that I quite like is um, Damian Wayne, um, the strange, strange, the child of Batman, is now is Robin like he is in uh, Grant Morrison's run and whatever, but uh, has gone off on his own and is kind of like, uh, is actually responsible for the murder of Dick Grayson as well, which is quite an interesting dynamic. Um, So it's kind of like, he is like the central antagonist to Batman now in this story arc, which is quite cool, like the whole fathers and sons sort of thing. Um, 
but yeah I'll, I'll probably play it uh i might not get it released but um yeah, i still find it interesting enough that i'll uh probably give it a go hmm see i've, re- I've very recently gotten quite into my dc now um really since yeah, like since that watching a lot of, me, Jack. Uh, Rowan and I have been like marathoning a shitload of uh, old DC animated series. Young Justice, oh. yeah, Young Justice, which is just just incredible. Yes, um, it is. The DC animated stuff has always been really good. Yeah, yeah. Animated we're now, always we're now, on point. We're, we're now going through the old um, like late nineties Justice League animated series as well. Oh so, yes. Um, so we're oh, sort nice. of just doing a little bit here and there. Maybe might do Flashpoint at some point and um, just. Just, yeah, like, really enjoying DC animated stuff. So it's made me go, oh, I should look more into this because I really like this character, but I don't know anything about them in the comics. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, then because of that, I re- recently started playing Injustice, the first one again. Like, I got it the moment we got the PS4 because it was free. And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus, I just really haven't played it since then. Picked it up again and went, oh, no, I, I know all these characters now. I know who this is and I know who that is. And, ah. Uh. So yeah, I mean, I realize I realize that adds nothing. Me just going, ah, oh, this is cool and also yeah, but nice. I, but... I like that, Jack, because I always had a sneaking suspicion that you actually quite would enjoy more of DC. But um, yeah, but to be fair, DC are really good at sort of shooting themselves in the foot as well. So for every good DC thing that you'll find, there'll be another thing that annoys you. Um, I think, yeah. I mean, so. <laughs> it's, only, it's only it's it's. I don't know if it started yet or if it's only a matter of time before Marvel also starts to just crumble about. Um, but at the moment, yeah, you old DC animated stuff is great. I've not seen a lot of the recent stuff. I think the most recent DC animated film I've seen was Under the Red Hood, which was phenomenal oh that's great yeah definitely um so we'll, we'll we'll see but obviously yeah there's there's the problems with the live action movies um with some of the games as well uh and i've not actually read any dc comics since the launch of the new 52 yeah that's fair well they've, which, they've which, undone that now <laughs> yeah, they've wrapped up the new 52 and sort of reset it a little bit so yeah. i'm thinking of getting back into it but i have to admit the new 52 has still left me a little bit sore and I haven't got back into it yet. I mean, I liked what I read, but I, I <sighs> literally, I started, you know, I started Detective Comics issue one through, I think, eight. And I was like, oh, this is pretty good. That's, but that's it. That's all I got Batman, into. Comics. Batman didn't really change an awful lot. The others did quite drastically. Like, yeah. The thing, the thing that's going on in Batman at the moment is quite interesting. Like they've got, like, basically, you know how Superman is like, you know, the superhero of Metropolis. Yeah. Well, essentially, two he- superheroes descend on Gotham and decide they're the superheroes of Gotham without talking about it to Batman. And Batman's kind of oh. like, what the fuck? You know, <laughs> just sort of moving in on his territory a little bit. But they're they're like superheroes. And, you know, like, it's a big debate whether Batman is a superhero or not. I always say he is because he can stand you know, toe-to-toe with the, the rest of them. Uh, but, yeah, so that is it's kind of interesting. Um, but I'm glad that you're into Young Justice, man, and uh, we can all look forward to season three of Young Justice. That's going to be awesome. Yes, yes, we can. But anyway, moving on back to games, uh, Injustice 2 obviously is coming out. What else have we got? Uh, that same month, really the only thing I can think of that, like, jumped out of me and maybe go, hey, Jack, take notice, was Tekken 7. And then I went, no. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Just, just I've not played Tekken go, since Tekken 3, so there you go. It's It's gotten slower and clunkier and slower and clunkier until it basically makes Mortal Kombat look like a fucking fast-flowing river. Nice. 
I oh, I despair at Tekken. And what's this Final Fantasy fourteen Stormblood? Is that the one you were talking about before? It, the expansion to Final Fantasy Online, uh, Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah, it's just another okay. expansion. And there's also Final... Oh, I'm sorry, I'm jumping way ahead. This is July, but Final Fantasy Seven the remake. Uh, oh, yeah, Seven the remake. I don't know if that's got a release date yet, has it? It no. says the Zodiac, Final Fantasy Seven, the Zodiac that's, Age, PlayStation no, 4, and July 12. 12. Final Fantasy Twelve. Oh god, so it is. I can't re re <laughs> I know. I know the seven re, re uh, the seven Redux is coming this year. Yeah, um, we're gonna release we're release part one as it is the twentieth anniversary this year. Part one. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, they're doing oh, it episodically. No. And... Oh, of course they are. But it's yeah. Every episode's gonna be a full game content. It's gonna be a massive the remake. We'll we'll, well, see. we'll see. It depends how they define a full game's worth of content. <laughs> I've got to say as well, like I, I went and watched the, uh, the the trailer for it on the Final Fantasy VII PlayStation Four release, right? And my God, it was it was it was like a parody. It was like somebody basically got right. We need you to say the most generic trailer sound bites ever. Yeah. <laughs> and it, 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 it was just I, I need to like just look it up at some point. I forget what the, like the actual title. If you just like. Final Fantasy VII Remake trailer, I'm sure you'll find it somewhere, but it is just a guy talking non-stop. Non-stop! And, but he doesn't... He, he speaks for like a minute and a half and says nothing. Huh. If you didn't know anything about Final Fantasy VII already, you would get nothing from this trailer other than, there are people... Yeah. <laughs> that's it, that's it. That's all you're going to get from that trailer. Oh, excellent. Well, at least there are people. Yeah. yeah, and then it is important that there be people. Yes, yeah. same. <laughs> and then the only other game that comes out for the rest of the year that I've got my eye on that has an actual sort of month that it's being released in is in uh, December. Yeah, Shenmue Three. Oh, really? is it finally? Oh, great! Oh, oh no, it'll get pushed back. Oh, probably, <laughs> yeah. Well, at least I mean, it's coming. Yeah. At least it's confirmed. You know. Yeah, it it's set for December, which means it is a prime candidate for a pushed back to twenty eighteen. Yeah, always. Yeah. Well, that's so, what they did with Mass Effect Three, wasn't it? I need to know whether he but, got his he got his knuckles know. toy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's awesome. And then, yeah, and then we move on to like games that are coming out this year, quote unquote. Yeah. Uh, but haven't been given an actual release date and. I was think looking at them, going, oh, "Okay, cool. You know, there's some really interesting looking stuff in there." And I realized, Cyanide Studios. The, I don't know why my voice cracked there, but uh, the the people that brought us the Blood Bowl games, yeah, are, uh, and will also at some point in the future be bringing us a Werewolf the Apocalypse RPG. Oh, yeah, I saw you post about this, mate. Yeah, like I mean, yeah. admittedly, this is the third. No, this is the fourth uh, Werewolf the Apocalypse game, like official tie-in video game, right. You know, so if it gets off the ground and gets to an actual release date, that will be further than any other one has gotten before. Didn't Every that company really that cool is... studio by by all the the World of Darkness stuff, though. Yes, yeah. Paradox now own World of Darkness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's promising, right? Well, I mean, if they license the title out to Cyanide, it's still a Cyanide game. Yeah, which means you'll be able to play one tribe at uh, you know at launch. And then they'll right. release the game again at full price, but with two tribes in it. And then they'll release <laughs> the game again at full price, but with three tribes okay. in it, and so on and so on. 
Do another no, one. That is what game of waiting. <laughs> yeah, that's what's. But before they release that, they are actually bringing out an open world Call of Cthulhu RPG. Yes, I was, dude. I was literally just looking at that, and I was like, "That's something to be excited about." Survival horror yeah. role playing with a bit yeah, of open world cool. investigative detective uh, jobby going on. There was a um, and also, and I don't know whether this would interest. Uh, I don't know how much it would interest you guys, but there's um, there's a game that is currently also in open. I think it's open beta anyway, and it's called Conan Exiles. Oh god, and, Conan, um, yeah. So I, I've I've seen a little bit of this. One of my friends in the states was playing it and sort of uh, streamed some of it. And um, isn't, isn't this being made by um, Funcom? Yes, I think so. Yes, yes. Yeah, essentially, people that, us, um, people that gave us Anarchy Online and uh, Dreamfall, Secret World, yeah. Secret World, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm watching it, and it looks so much fun. It's basically it's it's basically a survival game set in the Conan world. So you start off, you're in the middle of bumfuck nowhere in a desert, and you're left a water skin and a letter. You basically pull yourself off a. Uh, across you're being crucified on at the beginning of the game and it's kind of just like a you can go anywhere you want it's open world it's uh, online so other people can join you um it has almost like a minecraft-esque kind of uh, feel to it on one side which is you know you're collecting resources to build things but you also have a very heavy social aspect to the game as well where you can go and basically uh, make conquests and basically um, get thralls who then do like the all the boring gathering stuff of you know gathering resources to make stuff for you and you can like have them build things in your honor and stuff and I was just watching this game and I thought it looks so much fun like watching this guy play it like he was like he barely survived being attacked by like a giant crocodile um where he'd foolishly made his like base on a small island in the middle of a river, but didn't realize there were thousands of crocodiles surrounding him because he built it at night. Nice. So then he woke up the next day and he was just surrounded by them, and that's where he spawns now. Um, Don't you fucking hate when that happens? Oh man, it was so funny. But like at nighttime, obviously without like a torch or anything, like a flaming torch, like you you can't see a thing. Um, so that was just the reason why he ended up there. Um, but it does look genuinely like interesting, like a, a decent cross between survival, construction, and also really cool looking sort of sword play, like sword and board. You can use like double double handed weapons and things, and it looks like quite a good like combat system in there as well. So there's kind of something in there for everyone, really. Mm. Um, so I think I'll definitely be checking that out when uh, there's like an open beta, perhaps. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I find that interesting. And I like Conan as well. I love the Conan world, so it's good fun. He, he doesn't necessarily fare well in a lot of games, uh, but yeah, Conan is always is always a bit of fun. Yeah, you, well, you're not... Also, you're not Conan in this. You're, yeah, but, but you're I, I, I get world. what you mean. Yeah, Conan has had a lot of misses in its time, but this one looks to be quite fun. Um, yeah. Quantic Crash Dream have got a game coming out this year, haven't they? <laughs> Detroit. Yeah, Become Human. Yes. Yeah. Which, like, oh. as much as I really just can never quite say I like Quantic Dream games, <laughs> it's 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 set in Detroit, and is about you know what measure is a human, what measure is artificial intelligence, and so on. So I'm going to play it. Like that is that is not 
out of the question here. Uh, Who? What other stuff have they made? Uh, heavy rain. Heavy rain. Fahrenheit. I yes. was thinking, is it the guys that made Heavy Rain? Well, I'll play it. Yes. Uh, Beyond Two Souls. See, that wasn't so good, was it? <laughs> I, I liked Beyond Two Souls. Honestly, I can say I've enjoyed all of their games, to be yeah. honest. Oh, I've, 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 I, I can say I've enjoyed Fahrenheit. <laughs> oh, Heavy Rain's amazing for Deadbeat Dad playthrough. Yes, all right. That, if you can make your own game out of it, yes. Which I <laughs> love. Doing. That's my favorite thing. Dead I love Deadbeat Dad. Dad. That's fantastic. We need to do. We need to do that as a YouTube series. We will do it. We will do Deadbeat Dad the show and give Sean all the <laughs> strawberry treats he hates, and then go and then to bed. Him, try to push him on the swing. Yeah, try try and feebly push him on the swing until and then he gets beat bored. The shit out of him with a plastic sword. Yeah, and then. Uh, get yourself wasted at the kitchen table whilst he falls asleep, having not done his homework, had a dinner of Cheerios, and fallen asleep on the sofa. <laughs> then he has all to go to about, school. All I've got to say is that, yeah, apparently the script for Detroit Become Human took David Cage two years to write. Yeah, I've just read the same which, thing. You know, considering he, he must have written the entire thing, you know, one-handed. Whilst what? jerking himself off to his own writing with the other. Uh, well, I, I wonder why that has actually been included on the Wikipedia entry, because... like We're not surely... reading Wikipedia, we're reading our own clever notes. <laughs> <laughs> we are, oh, we are dangerously prepared. Dangerously prepared with Wikipedia. Yeah. I love it. Good job. No, I'll be, I'll be interested to see what it's like. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to play it, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, is there anything is, else we want to talk about? I mean, I've got a, a list of a few games yet to be given dates this year that I'm I'm looking forward to, interested in. I mean, I've Come got, on, go ahead. Uh, Agents of Mayhem is the first one, so that's from the guys who brought us Saints Row. Oh. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. It's actually a spiritual successor to Saints Row because it's set... Um, it's set I noticed the Fleur de Lee. Was that? I noticed the Fleur de Lis from like the Saints yes, Row games yeah, in, yeah. in the logo. Yeah, yeah. It's set um, on the. Did you ever play Get Out of Hell? No. Basically, at the end of that, you get to make a choice on what happens to your world based on. Because uh, in Saints Row Four, obviously the Earth's destroyed. I, I'm sorry. I, I just, I just, I just looked at the cast. I just looked at the character list. Yeah. So it, it's set placed in futuristic Seoul, South yes. Korea, and I'm just, I'm just looking at the cast list, and there are <clears throat> four have been shown: Fortune, a Colombian former sky pirate. Yeah. Hardtack, a United States Navy chief petty officer. Yeah. Hollywood, an actor and proclaimed face of mayhem. Yeah. And Rama, an Indian immunologist. And it says, also available to select are Kingpin, Scheherazade, Oni, Braddock, Daisy, Redcard, Jewel, and Yeti. <laughs> uh, if Yeti is not a literal Yeti, I'm going to be very disappointed. <laughs> well, but with the um, the setting, in, uh, in Saints Row, Get Out of Hell, at the end of the game, you get to choose what happens to the world. Does it go back to the way it was before the aliens attacked from four. 
does you know do you become the new king of hell so on and so on and one of the endings is recreate earth bring earth back as it was before sort of thing um and yeah it's set on that ending and it's the mayhem is founded by a character who was in get out of hell funded by the auto corp of course if any states row fans they'll know that one or indeed red faction or red faction indeed yeah and then uh yeah, you're fighting against a terrorist organization called Legion. So that'll be that one seems interesting. It's a third person shooter, so Yeah. As long as it's still got the same quirky humour from Saints Row, I'm I'm, I'm yeah. sold. I'm pretty yep, sure. That's, that's what matters to me. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Just, just, just from the fact that it's like it's mayhem going up against Legion, who are going to try and destroy the nations of the world. Like this, just looks to me like a fucking GI Joe game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I am so okay with that. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, that's good. Um, there is. A... Oh, sorry, you saw like, yours. Go. Yeah. Um, I've got Crackdown Free because Crackdown. Uh. Yeah. Crash Bandicoot, the insane trilogy. Oh yeah, the old so Crash games. Remades. They do look really good, though. Um, there was Detroit. Uh, there's Guardians Telltale. Yep, I was going to bring that one up. Yep. Because yeah. I've never got on with the Guardians game, but I know they're popular, and that seems like a fun franchise. Uh, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Because I love me some Marvel vs. Capcom. Yeah, you know, that's, that's yep. there's a beam cool. up that doesn't feel too slow. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's very true. <laughs> you can never tell what the fuck is going on. <laughs> no, you'll be dead before you even you even know it. But yeah, it's good fun. I mean, and so you know, in just the original, just the one trailer we've seen already, I was sold because it had Mega Man X in it. I was like, yeah, I'm good. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, and Captain Marvel. So I was like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Uh, Nidhogg two. Yes. My Rematch. goodness. I- suspect I'm going to still prefer the original Nidhogg. Yeah. How is it going to be different? I thought it'd just be more of the same. Uh, the visual style has changed quite a lot. It looks more cartoony and less sort of 8-bitty. Oh. Uh, I'm not a fan of the look. I mean, the gameplay is what matters, admittedly. True. True. Uh, but I quite like the gameplay of Nidhogg, and I've already got that. True. Yeah, so, yeah, I'd see it as as long as Jack can be the grass ninja still, I'm sure he will like it. Don't go into <laughs> the long grass. <laughs> There's one that I've seen crop up, which I was actually I've actually mentioned on World One Stage One like <clears throat> ages ago, and yeah. I see that it's only just coming out this year, and that is Kingdom Come Deliverance, which has really interested me because it is a um it is an action uh role playing game first person uh and the 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 tagline is basically dungeons no dragons because it is a completely faithful historic oh um, yeah story yeah. set in medieval germany yeah and what are you saying about that the sword fighting in it i know i always got about sword fighting but i love it so the, the in this game it looks insanely good um 
that is finally coming out this year. It is it's a crowd. It's been a crowdfunded game as well. Um, so I'm really happy that you know that obviously a talented bunch of people have just been given the freedom to do what they want, and they come up with this. And yeah, it looks really exciting. Um, so I'll definitely be looking into that at some point. Yeah, one of the only things I know about that game is that the uh, equipment slots are ridiculous. Yeah. So, you know, rather than equipping a chest piece, uh, you will probably equip some mail, well, some cloth first, followed by some mail, and then some plate over the top of that. Yeah. And maybe you'll put a tabard over that. Uh, so, like, the number of clothing slots are just absurd. Yeah, well, and also <laughs> so they, that you can layer armor. Yeah, and they wanted to say they were like, look, you know, at the end of the day, you we want you to get the feel like you're going into a genuine medieval battle. Well, this is all the stuff you'd be using, so enjoy. <laughs> um, yeah, like the uh, the horse, the horse, the mounted combat looks incredible because the horse isn't just a vehicle; it has a mind <clears> of its own. So it will like make jumps and veer out of the way of things on its own, but also if it gets spooked then it'll just go it'll go and you'll just go with it or you'll fall off it um which looks pretty fun to me <laughs> um and there's also genuinely huge scale sort of medieval battles going on in it as well and you're just one person and if you they've said look in this game you can fight one-on-one -on -one and you know there's a likely chance you'll win, there's a likely chance you'll lose. If you go against more than one person, then it's just going to be like in real life, you know, you it'll be a real struggle for you to fight more than one person, you know, which I love the idea of. You've actually got to be really good to be able to take out multiple people in a fight. So, yeah, I'm super excited. Hmm. One thing that I've just spotted, though, which I should ask Jack about, because he's our resident expert, I feel, perhaps... Uh -oh. Metal Gear Survive. <laughs> Metal, Ge Metal Gear is dead to me. Do you know anything about this, Metal Gear Survive? Uh, I, I don't, but presumably based on the the way that the Metal Gear Solid game franchise is <clears> released, <throat> I'm assuming it will be like Substance and Subsistence in that it will be a tie-in game to Metal Gear Solid Five. It's, no, it yeah. it's set between uh, Grand Zero, Ground Zeroes and Phantom Pain. And is oh, it mostly like VR missions and and multiplayer? Uh, plot oh, okay. is following the evacuation of Big Boss uh, and Kazuhiro Miller from the, bese uh, the besieged mother base. A wormhole opens in the sky and absorbs the offshore plant as well as the remaining uh, soldiers. The soldiers are transported to an alternate reality along with the remains of mother base to a world full of crystalline zombie-like entities simply known as creatures. Their goal is to find materials and do anything they can just to get back to their own world. It's a zombie so, survival game. It's a zombie survival game, but Metal Gear. Yeah, yes. basically, fuck off. Yep. Fuck off with it. <laughs> it, it, could, it, um, can, it can fuck off until it, until it is fucked off to the absolute limit of fucking off, and then it can fuck off some more. <laughs> One we really should mention uh, is Red Dead Redemption 2. Yes! yes! I will, I, again, release date, because I missed out on the whole GTA V uh, wave when that first came out. Yeah. So I'm going to be there for Red Dead Redemption 2. We've already taken pre-orders for it at work. Are they going well? Yeah. I mean, it's not... Obviously, the, the Switch has pretty much taken over 
the ranking, well, yeah. the, the like the top ten pre-order rankings, because that be the thing. But yeah, it's still up, still keep climbing up there. Yeah, yeah. See, I, I, I mean, at the moment, there's very little to know about Red Dead Redemption Two, other than holy shit, open world cowboy game. Yes. Yeah, more Red Dead. That's all more you Red need to know. More Red Dead, Very yes, true. please. That's, that's it. I don't. I do not care about the plot. I do not care about gameplay changes. It's it's gonna be Red Dead Redemption again. Sold. I need a new leave someone on the railway tracks simulator. <laughs> so Dude, they've already said it's gonna have online multiplayer. So it's gonna have like GTA Online, but Red Dead Redemption Online. We can team up together and put other people on railroad tracks. Yes. Oh my God, that's so much fun. If we get to like... make our characters, if we get to make our characters, we have to dress like proper Western villains. Uh, amazing yes i mean we've already spoken about this on the podcast a few times like but i've i've mentioned like the original uh red dead redemption online was just hysterical like because like in the, it was a very very early version of what you now see is on gta online and you start off and you have like different levels and stuff and you'd start off with your mount being a donkey which was absolutely hysterical because you're then too slow to outrun the more powerful people who have already been in the game for a while and you would walk across valleys and you would just just die because someone 10 miles away just took a shot at you with a sniper rifle across the other side of a valley and you'd have been nowhere near them so it was a wonderful but broken multiplayer system yeah but uh yeah i'm looking forward to red dead 2 man that's going to be crazy good i'm i'm oh i can't i can't even explain how happy and excited i am Rockstar uh, is just on it, really, aren't they? They yeah. always seem to just do well, don't they? And it's great. I love them. And then the last two games I've got to, to, to sort of talk about from the list are uh, Vampire. Oh, Vampire. I was just going to yeah. say I want to talk about Vampire as well. Because okay, I have this? So do you remember the wonderful days of playing as a vampire in an RPG when Bloodlines came out? Of course I do. I want to go back to doing that, and sometimes I do still play Bloodlines. It still holds up. It's still a lot of fun. Yeah, damn right. Unless you go. So here comes. Off. Yeah. So here comes another <laughs> RPG where you play a vampire, um, but it is set in early twentieth century London. Nice. And you are a doctor. Yeah, during the Spanish flu pandemic. I don't know Jesus if it's, if it's during or whether, or whether like there's it's another sort of fictional outbreak of something, um, but yeah, it, it would certainly fit in with the timeline. Um, and Say you again, are so a... early 20th century, you said? 1918 specifically. Yeah, okay, it's, cool. It's sort of the setting. It's by Don't Nod, who are best known now for Life is Strange, although they also did Remember Me, which oh. was not a perfect game, but had a lot of fun ideas in it. Oh, I remember, they, they remember know how to... Me. Yeah, I've played Remember Me. They know how to tell a story. They do, and yeah. there's some really interesting stuff that they've revealed about Vampire. The fact that you have to One basically of my balance things. So as you say, you have to balance being a vampire with having a Hippocratic Oath. You're it's a probably doctor. A, a big deal. Because you're playing yep. a doctor. Or, or it's a big deal if you want it to be a big yes, deal. Yes, absolutely. If you want to play it that way, which I probably Much will like do. in World of Darkness, if you want to cling to your humanity, you can finish the game without killing anyone. If yep. you want to be a monster, that's also an option. Yep. Um, every character is a target, including people who are significant in the plot, and you can really change the way things come out depending on who you kill, feed on, etc. 
like uh, locals in London will have their daily routines that you can observe and go hunting, uh, which sounds interesting. You do have certain weaknesses. You can't enter a home unless you have an invitation, for example. Yep. Uh, Your powers do come from feeding, uh, but of course that kind of blows your cover if you're trying to pretend you're still no read the doctor uh so it's really interesting you can also um uh heal people up because you're a vampiric doctor <laughs> you can heal people in unearthly manners i don't know if that will also rumble you it's an interesting one yeah it's basically it looks to be a a if you if we look at this from uh what's it called vampire the um requiem it's a, it's a morbus simulator you're a disease yeah. vampire. Ah. Um, and I'm just, I'm so looking forward to it. It looks to be a very, very cleverly done <laughs> vamp- vampire game, which I I haven't seen since Bloodlines. Um, so hopefully it, it... it'll be less buggy, but yeah. What's like its format? Is it like an open world? Is it... Uh... Semi-open world. Semi-open world, okay. third, person, uh, third person RPG for, I believe it's just PC. I could be wrong. Oh no! This, it's got uh, uh, no, no. It's releases. PlayStation and Xbox. Uh, it's semi-open world, similar to I imagine how like Deus Ex works in that you have hub areas that are yeah. open. Oh, cool! I, I look forward to that. And it's not based off any existing vampire IP. It's its own thing. Yeah, very much its own thing. It's oh, just cool. vampires are an IP all of their own. Yeah, yeah. and they've sort of picked and choose chosen uh, various bits of vampire lore to use. Which is probably the best way to go about it, rather than go for everything. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, then, and then the only yeah, other there's a lot there. Yeah. The only other game we got for the for the rest of the year, again, I'm not entirely sure when its release date is going to be, is uh, Dawn of War Three. The one forty thousand real time strategy game. They um. Because now they Titans. Yeah, yeah, it's a wonderful trailer. Oh, it's not Titans; it's Knights, but you know, potato tomato. The big um, Eldar avatar, isn't it? What's it it's, called? Uh, there was a, I think Wraith Knight was in the um, was in the trailer. Yeah, impressive, yeah. really cool, really cool looking stuff. Um, so it'll be it'll be really good to see because apparently you've got um, it's it's basically a return of classic characters. So yeah. for anyone who's played the the old Dawn of War games, you've got Gabriel Angelos, the um, the the guy I believe from Dawn of War One, just like the very first ever Space Marine character. Um, yeah. Eldar being led by Maka, who was from the very, very first one, again. And I was like, oh, does that mean we're going to get the Orc from the first game? You know, Mr. fucking Generic. Oh, yeah. But no, we get we get Gorguts, we get the Headhunter. Oh, that is, guy you really like? One of the, the, mo- the one that talks to the Inquisitor? No, no, that's the, that is, that's uh, Captain Bloodflag from, from Dawn of War oh, 2. Okay. Uh, this, is, okay. this is, I mean, Gorguts is not quite as funny, but is he is just wonderful. It's like Ooh. when you when you write a, when you write a character who is stupid but is still funny with it. The the, the crux of their humor is not they are stupid. Um, yeah, he's he's sort of like that. He's he's a fantastic ball of rage, is Gorguts. So it's really nice to see that again. That's awesome. Yeah, I look forward to that. There's only one really that I have any further to say on. To be honest. Um, for the rest of the year that I look at this list anyway uh, and that is the news that I've heard lately about the next Star Wars Battlefront game oh 
So obviously the battlefront that we have at the moment, really pretty game. Also incredibly limit limited and ridiculous in terms of cost for the uh, the DLC and expansions to get. Yeah. You know, your extra maps like Bespin and um, Scarif that came out with Rogue One or whatever. Yeah, it did get kind of piss-takey. Really, yeah. really piss-takey. Um, but it looks like they're going in a completely different direction for Battlefront 2 because I think they... Uh, it just sounds ridiculous to call it a Battlefront 2, doesn't it? We've already yeah. had it, but you know what I mean. The next Battlefront. Um, apparently, they're going in a really different direction. They've taken note that a lot of people, like me and you guys, for instance, got annoyed at that, so... What they've decided to do is for Battlefront 2, they are going to have a single player campaign in it, which I really like because I really enjoyed the single player campaigns of the old Battlefront <clears throat> games. I really enjoyed them. Yeah. 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 I don't think that's a bad idea at all. Yeah. So that's in there. They are going to ensure that a bunch of their stuff isn't going to be on the on the day DLC or whatever. Like a lot of it is going to be there, you know, um, there'll obviously still be extra stuff that you buy later on down the line, but whatever um and the other exciting news is that uh it's going to be involving all three time eras of of uh, the star wars films which is interesting like not a huge fan of the prequels as you guys know but i did like some of the stuff in battlefront 2 involving you know being being clone troopers or whatever it was still fun yeah um so we're gonna have the clone wars era we're gonna have original trilogy era and we're going to have force awakens and the last jedi stuff in there as well um yeah. so that's kind of exciting for me like um i will obviously uh with withhold an opinion until i have the full facts on in terms of how much extra stuff you're gonna have to pay on top of it but um oh and space battles they've said with a wink oh thank god Finally, it so yeah, should have been yeah. there to begin with, but finally, yeah, like the space, the, the the aerial fights are are cool in Battlefront, but yeah, you're obviously not in space for it. You're uh, <laughs> you're um you're above the rest of the battle, which you know is fine because you get to shoot people on the ground. But yeah, <laughs> so I'm excited about that. And to be honest, I don't know much more about 2017 in video games. I'll have to look at the list. But I've got a couple more. I think that's it for me. I mean, I've got, uh, obviously, we get in the Switch, I've got Splatoon 2, the new Mario. Ah, Splatoon. You know, all that kind of stuff. Um, State of Decay 2, I'm looking forward to. Oh, yeah. The first one was a great zombie game. Um, I've got two that I'm kind of already financially invested in. Uh, one is a game called Battle Chasers uh, Night War, which is based on the comic of the same name from Battle Chasers, and it's going to be uh, an RPG. It was a Kickstarter, and I put some money into it from there. Ah, so it's always nice to see it sort of come to fruition. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's out later this year. Um, and the other one is South Park, The Fractured Butthole. Oh, yes, South Park. Because see, I I really like stick of stick of truth, so um, I'm I'm with you there, man. I'll definitely play that. Do you think about that? It's, it's good, good games. The thing about that is, I pre-ordered that on the Xbox Store. Yeah. Back when it was going to have its September release last year. Oh, oh no! Wow. Yeah. That and, must you know, have been annoying. The thing about pre-ordering with on the Xbox Store is that you pay in full up front. Yeah. 
And granted, from doing that, I got a, an Xbox One edition, digital edition of the Stick of Truth for it. That's the way, yeah. Which is pretty good. And, you know, and I got the the, the season pass and all that kind of stuff for a bit, but... Yeah, yeah. September. <laughs> it does mean that there's a game coming out this year that you want that when it comes out, you won't have to pay for. No, that is true. <laughs> yeah, and, that's uh, true. You'll, you'll really do nice when feeling. it comes out. Strange yeah. because obviously, because I get release dates and stuff um, via work and whatnot, and this still has no release date, but strange enough, on the Xbox store, if you go on to the particular truth on there, it has a release date of the 31st of March this year. Which is oh. like, huh? Why have you there got you go, that you on there? Surprised. Yeah, maybe. But so have, why have you got that on there? Yet no one else has got it anywhere else. <laughs> like, stop toying with my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, I'm with you there. That must be really frustrating, man. Like, yeah. but then it it takes me back to thinking about Kingdom Come, the game I was thinking of before. Yeah. Like, that's a Kickstarter. People have been waiting nearly like two and a half three years for that now like nah, I can maybe believe that's that, a kickstarter yeah. but still like oh yeah but get I'm... to work you talented people <laughs> bastards yeah <laughs> but other than that i mean that's that's my main set of games that i'm waiting for for this year potentially next yeah. year depending on how it falls i mean i think there are others that will probably crop up but oh I probably think... What are you, about Simon? You guys? Yeah. Uh, we've pretty much covered them all. I don't think there's any others coming that I'm waiting on that we haven't talked about. Hmm. Awesome. Good job, guys. Yeah, I think we've done the list. Yeah. <laughs> and slice. Yeah. We did it. We finally did it. Yeah, man. Was, <laughs> Next uh, week we can a... talk about a topic. That was a journey. <laughs> Shit, I should have said that. Now we've got to talk about what the topic is. Uh, well, we have our um, uh, suggested uh, topics, which can be found on our website, which is what, Simon? It's uh... dangerouslyunprepared.com. <laughs> oh, that's, e- that's easy. That's an easy it one. Is. It's so easy. And if you'd, like to, uh, if you'd like to suggest a topic for us to cover, if there's something you'd like to hear us talk about with literally no preparation, then visit dangerouslyunprepared.com. And... You can add ideas for us and vote on the ones that are already there. Hooray! So if you want to hear us talk about British wrestling, then go and vote for that. That's there. If you want us to talk about RPGs, then you can go and vote for that. If you want us to talk about Rogue One or Netflix Originals or indeed all the shock games, go and vote. If you want us to talk about something else completely different, go and add an idea. We'd love to hear from you. Joel Yep, yep, yep. Equally, you can just email us at mail at dangerouslyunprepared.com and tell us things there. That would be good too. Or find us or on you Facebook. Can follow us at Unprepared Show. Or find us on Facebook. Or follow us on Twitter at Unprepared Show. I mean, all of this stuff is going to be over the end <laughs> music, but let's say it anyway. Just get in touch. We want to hear from you. We really want to hear from you. Please, please. We love, please we love hearing from you. Please I mean, help. we're not going to lower ourselves to begging. I will. Yet. I always do. All right, Jack and Rob will lower themselves to begging. <laughs> I, I'm going to wait a little while. I'll get there. I'll get there. If you keep us waiting, I'll get there. 
Oh, no, now you're going to want to. No, don't. No, I won't. Just have the satisfaction of Jack and Rob begging for your attention. <laughs> cool. So, uh, um, who knows? You could submit the idea we end up talking about next week. You could be. And there's the only one, one way to find out. And that is to listen again next week and find out what we talk about. And then continue doing that forever until the show stops. Yep. But until then, <laughs> you have been listening to Dangerously Unprepared. I have been Simon. I've been Jack. I've been Rob. And I've been Irish. And we're all going to be very busy playing video games in 2017. Oh, yes. oh my Goodbye. god, yes. Bye! Bye! That was a Dangerously Unprepared podcast. Visit DangerouslyUnprepared.com to catch all our episodes and to submit topics for shows you'd like us to do in future. Follow us on Twitter at Unprepared Show. Find us on Facebook as Dangerously Unprepared. Thanks, as ever, go to Simply Syndicated for hosting us, IPI for the original music we based our theme tune on, and to you for listening. We hope you listen again. <laughs>